Father, we pray that you would help us now to hear your gracious word. We pray that you would help us to receive your grace. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I am quite sure uh, that Thomas has a few children's Bibles at home. Uh, they, They normally don't cover every chapter and verse of the Bible, but instead uh, they choose to tell some of the stories that are found in the Bible. Uh, But I'm also fairly sure that nearly every one of those children's Bibles will have the story of Noah and his ark. Uh, Isn't it a great story for children? It's one that you probably heard in Sunday school growing up. Uh, A great big boat, loads of animals going in two by two, Uh, It's like a floating zoo. Uh, And so you'll get uh, lots of colourful pictures and smiling animals of Noah and his ark. Uh, We're so used to this kind of uh, children's Bible, Sunday school image, uh, that actually it's quite a shock to read the Bible and what it says about Noah uh, and to think through some of the details. You see, the reality is less colourful cartoon uh, and closer to uh, the desperate attempts made by people uh, climbing into containers or trailers uh, in the hope of a better life and a new start. Now perhaps as you hear about Noah and the ark, you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, it's a nice story for children Uh, But surely it didn't really actually happen. Uh, Is it uh, more just like uh, a nursery rhyme, something uh, that was made up, perhaps? Uh, Well, the Bible isn't the only place that we find some kind of flood story. Uh, In just about every continent uh, around the world, there are folk stories about a worldwide flood and a few people who survived it. Uh, And so... uh, the cultural memory of what happened has been passed down uh, through the generations in some way. Uh, And in our second reading, we hear uh, that Jesus affirms that Noah existed, that he entered the ark. So let's look at Genesis 6 and 7 uh, under three headings. uh, Three instructions that were given to Noah uh, to see what God might be saying to us. In these chapters, and it would be good to have it open uh, in front of you, page 8 in the Pew Bibles. Now, the first instruction is this build the ark. Uh, We've already uh, sung about it this morning, uh, but how did it come about? And how was it Mr. Noah who uh, built the ark in the first place? When we start to read there from verse 9 in Genesis 6, it sounds as if Noah is good and everybody else is bad. You see, in verse 9 there, Noah is described, look at it with me, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, 
and he walked with God. And the contrast is there in verse 12. And we think that it's saying that everybody else had corrupted their ways. Noah good, everyone else bad. But that's not what the Bible is saying. You see, in a little while, if not already, Thomas will be learning how to count. Uh, can he count already? Not yet, but it will come. And he'll know if you haven't given him enough sweets or whatever it is. Uh, but when he uh, learns how to count, he'll learn that eight comes before nine. Now that's obvious, isn't it? You've known that from, uh, from no height. Uh, But we need to see here how verse 8 comes before verse 9. You see, in verse 8, it says this, But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. That word favour is another word for grace. The amazing grace that we've just sung about. And what verse 8 tells us is before Noah was righteous... Noah found God's favour. Noah found grace. Or as one writer has put it, uh, another way, God's grace found Noah. And that made him righteous. You see, it wasn't that Noah was good and everyone else was bad. Noah was just as bad. But God showed him favour. God gave him grace He showered his love upon Noah to make him righteous. That is to be in a right relationship with God and to make him blameless. And God in his grace freely chose to save Noah from the coming judgment. See, God had made the world and everything in it. And throughout Chapter 1 of Genesis, we had that repeated refrain, that repeated chorus. God saw that it was good. And on day 6 of creation, when God has finished his work of creation, has made Adam and Eve the first humans, it says God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. But since then, Sin has entered the world as first Adam and Eve disobeyed and then one of their sons killed his brother and then the spiral of wickedness has continued to get worse and worse as time goes on. So now in chapter 6 what does God see when he looks at the world? Look at verse 12. God saw how corrupt the earth had become. And so God is going to send judgment in the form of a flood. Both the people and the earth itself will be destroyed. Nothing will remain. Everyone is under the same sentence, but for Noah and his family, there is the promise of rescue in a place of safety. And it's inside the ark that Noah is to build. We've already thought about the dimensions of it with uh, the children earlier. Uh, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. 
made of cypress wood covered inside and out with pitch with rooms on three decks. And we're given the passenger list. Noah and Mrs. Noah, their three sons and their wives, as well as two of every living creature to be kept alive and enough food for them all. So Noah is told to build the ark. And verse 25, look at it with me. It tells us that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now we read that one sentence and then we move on quite quickly. But just think what it took for Noah to be able to, to do everything that God had commanded him. Just think about the number of trees to be cut down and then cut up and hammered together. The hard work to construct the ark and cover it with pitch. And on top of all that, the ridicule from his neighbours. Imagine one of your neighbours. You hear a bit of hammering and a bit of banging going on one day out in the garden. And you you look over the fence and you go, what are you doing there? And they say, I'm building a a boat. I'm building a big boat. What would you do? What would you think of them? You'd think they'd gone a bit mad. Because Noah here is nowhere near the sea. And he says it's going to rain and there isn't a cloud in the sky. And so they laugh at him. You say, you say there's a flood coming. That's going to rain and rain and rain. And you say that, that God told you to do all this. You're having a laugh. Surely not. It can't have been easy for Noah to do all that God had commanded him. Peter, in one of his letters, describes him as a preacher of righteousness, persevering in his task, even when the whole world laughed at him. And that's what it can look like to trust God. Taking God at his word and acting on it, even when it looks like foolishness to everybody else. God told Noah to build the ark. And that's what Noah did. The second instruction then is this. Go into the ark. We see that in chapter 7 verse 1. All the hard work has finished and the ark is ready. And now God says that it's time to go into the ark. In just seven days, one week away, the rain will start. And the flood will come. Now, quiz question for you. How many of each animal went into the ark? Two? Okay. Uh, Check out chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 2. We sung the animals went in two by two. 
Uh, but there were seven pairs of every clean animal and two of every kind of unclean animal. And you might be thinking, well, why is that? We'll find out next week. You need to come back and find out next week. <laughs> the ark is the place of safety. But they had to go inside it. You see, it wouldn't have been enough to know that you would be safe if you went into the ark if you didn't then go into the ark. You see, to be on the outside was to be wiped from the face of the earth. But there is safety inside. And so even though Noah had pleaded with his neighbours, they wouldn't join him. They wouldn't come in. Only Noah and his family went into the ark. Just eight people were saved because only eight were inside the ark. The place of safety. God had told Noah to build the ark and then to go into the ark. The final instruction from today's reading uh, is implicit rather than stated explicitly in the text. But it's this. Stay in the ark. You see, when Noah and his family are inside, then the rain starts and the floodgates are opened. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Or as we call it in Northern Ireland, summer. (laughs) And as the rain falls, the ark is lifted high on the waters. Imagine being inside the ark the darkness the smell the not knowing what the future would hold the not knowing if the ark that you had made would be watertight and would float but as you may have heard the Titanic was built by professionals and the ark was built by amateurs and only one of them sunk The flood covered the earth so that every living thing that moved on the earth perished. God had fulfilled what he had promised in advance. Everything was wiped out. Everything except verse 23. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. Having built it and gone into it, Noah had to stay in it. No matter how difficult it was going to be, he had to persevere in obeying God's voice by being in the right place, by staying in the ark, waiting for the future that God would provide. The Apostle Peter uh, must have liked Noah because he mentions him in both of his letters in the New Testament. And in one of them, he uses the story of Noah as a picture of baptism. Just as by faith, Noah was brought safely through the water, so we are brought through the water by faith to be united to the Lord Jesus 
and to find salvation in him. You see, Jesus has promised that someday he will return and he will judge everyone who has ever lived. And we, we are like the people of Noah's day. Each of us are corrupted. We don't even live up to our own standards, let alone God's standards. And so we are guilty. We simply can't stand before a holy God. But Jesus has taken upon himself the wrong things that we have done. He has stood condemned in our place. He was drowned in the flood of God's judgment that poured out upon him on the cross. And he is our ark, our place of safety in the flood, the only refuge from God's judgment. Today we give thanks for uh, the birth and the life of little Thomas. Uh, we celebrate that God's grace is being offered to him today. And it's our prayer that Thomas will grow up to rejoice in that unmerited favour of God. But just like Noah, it has to be received by faith. Today, on the part of his sponsors, but one day we pray uh, as he trusts in Jesus for himself. But God's grace isn't just for Thomas, it's for you as well. It is offered to you today. There is room in God's grace for you, a place in the lifeboat if you'll come to him. And trust in him. One day Jesus will return. To judge the living and the dead. And right up to that point life will be going on as normal. Eating and drinking and marrying. Just as it was when Noah entered the ark. But please don't be too late. Get ready for that day today receive his grace which is freely offered let's pray heavenly father we praise you and thank you for the grace that you showed to Noah and the grace that you so freely give to us. We pray, Father, that you would help us to hear and to receive your grace as we put our trust in you. Lord, help us to know that as we trust in you, so we are safe and secure with that great hope. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.